you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer with big design small budget here's your host betsy helmuth hi everybody the holidays are in full swing christmas is behind us the new year is ahead of us and i am looking forward to 2019 uh 2018 has been a doozy especially at the end. It was certainly for me a year of highs and lows. We expanded to Washington, D.C., which feels great. We have an amazing team out there. We grew our team out here by a few members in the New York City area. I feel so fortunate to have gone from four designers at the beginning of the year to now nine, and I can't wait to see where we grow this year. Uh, additionally, you know, I had the excitement of pregnancy and then the um, sickness that comes with pregnancy and all the highs and lows of that. And I wanted to share something with you guys because with each question that has come in, you guys have given me such wonderful wishes and congrats on my pregnancy. And I wanted to share something that's been pretty hard the past two weeks. So you'll probably have noticed I haven't had an episode for two weeks, and certainly the holidays would be a beautiful excuse to take a break. But the real reason I was taking a break is because um, we found out that our baby had a very rare heart defect. He was growing along just fine. He was five months old and kicking in my tummy, and every check had been awesome. And then we go in for our 20-week ultrasound and something is not awesome he has all his little fingers and all his little toes and he looks so cute but um he had a very rare heart defect that um that meant that we needed to terminate the pregnancy asap and you know just full disclosure i had a miscarriage last year but it was early in the pregnancy and that was sad, and I went through my own range of, range of emotions with that. And I'm sure many of my listeners have been touched by miscarriage in one way or another. And this was a totally different feeling. You know, this is a feeling of getting rid of a baby who is alive and inside you and seems to be happy in there. But, you know, we were told the minute he would come out, he would not live. And it left us with little choice. 
So for those of you who've lost a baby, whether it's early in your pregnancy, whether it's later in your pregnancy, or whether you're the partner of somebody who's lost a baby, this journey has been incredibly difficult um, and incredibly interesting in the fact that I didn't know how many people had been touched by a loss like this. And I didn't realize what I should do for people who have been touched with a loss like this. I have a new depth of compassion and understanding, not just for people who've lost babies, but also people who are experiencing loss in general. I um, I know now better how to support those people because I know what kind of support touched me the most when I was going through this hard time. And, you know, I've lived 40 years on this planet and I've been through a lot and I thought I had a lot of compassion, but I now realize that this loss is teaching me a whole new level of empathy. And I wasn't planning on sharing this, but I guess I will. A few of the things that I've learned, you know, if you know somebody who's going through something like this, or you yourself have gone through this, I just want to share my experience of what was particularly powerful for me. You know, um, we had announced our pregnancy on Facebook after four months. We waited because of the miscarriage we had last year. So I was very conservative with that, but I was getting really big and my kids knew and, you know, we live in a small town. So I figured it's time to just get it out there. And we were overwhelmed with comments and feedback about our third child and people being really excited for us. So I didn't want to have to go tell all those people individually what's happened, um, why I'm no longer big and round, and why I no longer need their wonderfully generous hand-me-downs. Um, and so I decided to put that on Facebook. And the messages that we got, whether they were people saying that they'd had a similar experience or people just saying that they were, you know, thinking of us. They were so powerful and they were something that I went back to time and time again as I was going through this incredibly hard process um, as just a lot of support because it's a physical experience. It's an emotional experience. It's a family experience. My husband got so much peace from those messages and to know that we weren't alone, which is one of the main reasons I'm sharing this with you guys now because I know that somebody out there is struggling too. And so sharing it on Facebook was incredibly hard and surprisingly healing. Um, people who I haven't talked to since high school, people I didn't even really talk to in high school, reached out to me and told me about their late-term losses. Um, and it helped me to feel less alone. The other thing, you know, we have a great block of neighbors. And the thing that was most powerful, you know, neighbors asked how they could help. And of course, I'm going to say we don't need help. Of course, I'm going to say we'll be fine um, because it's hard to know what to ask for. But I was so grateful to people who just did something without asking. Like they didn't ask, Betsy, do you like ricotta ravioli? They just brought it over. Um, they just sent a gift card for a massage or checked up on us via text multiple times, you know, not just saying, I'm sorry, but saying, how are you doing today? How are things going right now? 
um, the people who offered to take our kids so that my husband and I could go through the doctor's appointments and grieve together without having to control our emotions or you know, censor ourselves in front of our children, that was invaluable. The people who just said, I'm doing this for you, when can I do it? Versus asking, what can we do? Uh, so that was just something powerful that I'm going to remember. The people who sent flowers, um, and, you know, we haven't been in contact with them for a while. They just did something. They just took action. And I will tell you, it meant so much. So if you know somebody who's hurting, if you um, yourself have been through a loss, perhaps you'll understand the level of compassion, but now I certainly do. And I hope to be there for my friends and family um, as things come up in life, as they do. And one thing that has also been a real source of comfort for me is, of course, my wonderful work family who sent me messages. Um, but I'm also excited to get back to work. It feels really good. Today's my first day back. It is the 27th. feels really good to dive back into podcasting and really good to dive back into your questions and to think about wall paint and pillows and um, change focus and to know that even as something as random as helping someone move their furniture can be impactful because I know I'm also very grateful to the doctors who helped us. And it's during medical crises that you realize, you know, is what I do important, this whole interior design thing? And so hearing that it does change lives and make lives better um, is helpful. It's a great reminder because, gosh, I would not be a good fit for the medical field. I don't handle blood well. Um, but, uh, but I'm glad to be back with you guys. And I wish you all lots of peace and comfort in 2019. And keep sending your questions because those are comforting too. Um, on that note, whew, I'm going to pull myself together and answer Amanda's question. Amanda wrote in, Betsy, we are looking at a house that has a large living room with lots of windows, but there's really no place to put a TV. I have looked at cabinets where the TV pops out of the top, but they are very expensive. My husband has mentioned doing a projector screen that drops down from the ceiling. Do you have suggestions? Thank you, Amanda. So, Amanda, I do have suggestions. My first comment is that a projector screen is great for occasional viewing. If you're going to binge watch Netflix once a month, if you're going to watch a movie for a movie night once a week, if you're somebody who watches regular nightly TV like I do, I don't think a projector screen is all that practical. First of all, it's very expensive to install. And then you do have to have a blank wall, which, of course, as a designer, really bothers me. Um, because, you know, generally the projector screen is very close fitting to the wall. It could potentially cover some art. But oftentimes it's attached to the wall rather than the ceiling. And in that case, it's very hard to put anything behind it. Um or a lot of my clients will just leave a wall painted white and then, you know, you have some kind of white neutral accent wall with no artwork on it that just feels like a dead space. And then, of course, on the opposite wall, you have to mount some kind of projector or have it in a high cabinet or on top of a bookshelf, which also can become an eyesore. 
Uh, I do like the minimal nature of a screen, and if you are a minimal TV viewer, I'm not completely opposed, even though I mentioned some things I don't care for, you know, just before this. Uh, So more than likely, if you are like me and most of my clients, you'll find that you want to have a TV. Now, I do not feel that you cannot block your windows with a TV. In fact, in New York City, a lot of the modern apartments have floor-to-ceiling windows that wrap around because that's the best TV show, the best reality programming you're ever going to catch. Uh, But the problem is it leaves us with no parallel walls on which to mount or put a TV that it's not blocking part of the view. In that case, I block part of the view. I put a TV on a stand in front of the windows and I get that ideal positioning for my couch where I'm going to be 80% of the time when I'm in the living room and I focus more on that visceral experience of how does the flow work, where should my couch be, then which window am I blocking? Because a TV should be low. It should be at eye level. Typically, a TV stand is 18 to 24 inches high. When I'm seated on the sofa, I want the center of the TV to be at the same height as my eyeballs, which means that it's not going to really obstruct a ton of your view. And if you truly don't have an opposite wall, I am not opposed to it. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and The Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com classes to get your bundle or your online class today. My next question comes from sitting in the dark. I love that, sitting in the dark. I feel like Delilah um, answering messages from anonymous callers. All right, sitting in the dark writes, Hello, Betsy. We are getting ready to move into our house, and one of our immediate projects will be to light our living room as we have no overhead lighting. I know I'm in for a Betsy Smackdown, as I've only relied on overhead lighting for all of our lighting needs in previous homes. I'm thinking I will need a floor lamp and some table lamps, but I'm not sure what I should be looking for. I'm including pictures from all angles of the room. At the moment, I'm thinking I will have two designated seating areas, one in front of the built-ins where I plan to put a TV, and one in front of the fireplace. Should I be looking at directional lighting or ambient lighting? Windows do provide tons of light during the day, but winter is coming, which covers Minnesota in darkness for a good portion of the day. Our style is traditional whimsy. We like timeless shapes made interesting by pops of color or fun details. The living room is 26 by 19. 
And we plan on moving the car, excuse me, removing the carpeting as there is parquet hardwood underneath. As you can see, the ceiling is sloped in front of the porch and we are considering removing the wood one day to reveal the extra high ceiling underneath, but that day is far off in the future. Thank you so much for your amazing insight. Our new project is daunting, but I'm looking forward to implementing your amazing tips and tricks in our new house and create the dream home we have always wanted. All right, awesome. So I am looking at these pictures and it is a very expansive room. It's quite open. So there aren't natural separations like half walls or columns that would dictate where this furniture goes. Certainly the built-in that has the open pocket for the TV is kind of screaming, put the TV in me. But it also restricts the size that the TV could be, which restricts how far back you could put your sofa. And having a sofa whose back faces the main point of access is compromised feng shui. I can't exactly tell you just off the cuff exactly where you should put your furniture. That would not be um, thorough of me. Uh, I would want to have a discussion with you and hear exactly what your needs are for this space. I wouldn't want you to have seating areas you're not going to use just so you can have lighting. But I see the issue here. One thing that I might consider is talking with an electrician about getting lighting into your ceiling. It is such a large room that could easily have three different zones that it might be nice to have overhead lighting options. I myself have a very long living room with no overhead lights. And when I moved in, I knew I was going to sprinkle lamps throughout because that's what I do. But I did not opt to do an overhead because I didn't want to go to the expense and I really thought lamps could get her done. But the room is just too big. And in retrospect, I wish I had popped for an electrician to put in some lighting, whether it's going through the floor of the um, room above it because you can kind of hop onto that electricity that's coming through the wall and snake it through or whether it meant carving a channel in my ceiling and going through one of the existing living room walls. I wish I would have sprung for it because I think it would provide us with more options and we wouldn't have to turn on every gosh darn lamp every gosh darn night. That being said, there's lots of opportunities for lamps and you could still do like a swag lamp that does attach to the ceiling but has a chain or a cord that comes down and ultimately plugs into the wall. You could also consider doing wall sconces, which I have in my living room, but they're still not sufficient. They're in odd areas of the room where we don't typically sit, whereas you might be more apt to flank your windows or something like that. Of course, on either side of a sofa, you're going to put a lamp. Next to a chair, you would only have one lamp. On a desk, you could, of course, have a lamp. On an entry console or buffet table, there's lots of opportunities to sprinkle lamps. And you know that I like at least three in every room. And I would say that this room counts as two rooms. So this needs six lamps for sure. My room has six lamps and it does look like I put six lamps in a room, <laughs> but uh, but you'll want to think about that because, you know, 
each lamp needs to be next to another piece of furniture in order to make sense, like a task lamp next to a desk, like a reading lamp next to a chair, like a table lamp next to a sofa. Now you could think about just sprinkling some torsier lamps, which are just the long narrow lamps that have a base that um, flares at the bottom and flares at the top that just let out that nice atmospheric lighting. The problem with those are there are very few attractive options. Typically, those always look cheesetastic and cheap, um, but it is an option for you. But like I said, my first thought, especially since this is going to be a dream home, is that you would talk to an electrician about your options and get some quotes because you will find in time having the flexibility of the overhead lamp will just give you a little peace as you switch around your floor plans um, through the years. There we go. Uh, my next email comes from Ben, and Ben was the nice fella who wrote in about the roofing problem that the lady in Israel was having. By the way, Ben, I heard from the lady in Israel, and she's going to talk to her builder about the type of roof that you recommended. But you wrote me because I asked you what your podcast was. You mentioned that you have a lot of building experience, and you also have a podcast, and you wrote me. Thanks, Betsy, for reading my comment on your show. You asked what my podcast was. It is Sustainable Home Catalyst, shcatalyst.com. Family life has kept me from getting an episode out for a while, but I'm currently planning a series of episodes on home renovations, particularly with the goal of making existing homes more sustainable. Thanks for all you do, Ben. Well, guys, you know that I don't really touch renovations. So if you have renovation questions, it sounds like Ben is your guy. Check out that podcast, shcatalyst.com, and I'm sure he's going to have a wealth of info there. I, for one, am going to head over and subscribe. All right, guys, I'm going to sign off for today. I have to dry my tears, go make some dinner. But before I do, I just want to share my gratitude. I love reaching out to you all each and every week, every month. I'm going to be popping up a bonus episode in the next couple of days. So if you're not already, please join our premium membership model over at Gumroad. You can find all the information for becoming a premium member, which is $5.99 a month at bigdesignsmallbudget.com. There's, I think, nearly 50 bonus episodes at this point, and you'll get access to all those archives as well as the new bonus episode I drop every single month. All right, everyone, here's to a wonderful, bright, merry 2019, and I will catch you next week. Bye. You've asked for it, and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. 
Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.